I'm Connor. And I'm Campbell. And welcome to Real Geeks, the show where we talk about movies and stuff. Today we'll be talking about... Uh, we're changing it up. Uh, we had a lot of, lot of Marvel content, related content in the past, so we decided uh, this time to do a movie that I haven't seen, but Connor has seen it. Um, is this your second time seeing it, or have you seen it multiple times in the past? This is my second time, but the first time I saw it was probably at least two years ago. So it's been a, it had been a while until recently. Yeah, so I haven't seen this movie, but we're we chose to uh, to do Goodfellas, which is uh, a Martin Scorsese gangster movie, um, fairly iconic kind of mo- movie movie that everyone knows. Uh, yes, except for me, I guess. But but now you do. Uh, yeah, now you. Also, um. Fair warning. Uh, I feel like we've said this a million times, but um, Campbell has some internet problems. So if he cuts out, um, we're gonna try and make do with that. So yeah. just just bear with us on that. Chapel Hill sucks. I think we talked about this in the first episode. Yeah, uh, the internet's really unstable. So, um, so yeah, so we'll we're gonna do our best to work with that. So if there's breaks and stuff, bear with us. But uh, yeah, so we'll do like a ten minute, just kind of like pitch, kind of thing. Talking well, about the, movie. the the first thing that I noticed is that the F in the title is capitalized, but it's all one word. So it's like capital G, like capital G. Yeah, grid, yeah, yeah. And then capital F, fellas. It makes it sound like a product or something, like a oh yeah, know, some like hair product. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, know why they. I don't know why they capitalized the F. Why couldn't they just made the F lowercase? It would have. It's, looked... it's it's real cinema. Oh, okay. Real cinema has capital F's in it. Yes. Speaking of capital F's. Um, did you know that there are over 300 F-bombs in this movie? Oh, yeah. There's so many. They literally say it in probably every single sentence. Every single and, sentence that uh, Joe Pesci speaks, no, that, yeah, that's he probably says it like five times. That's where I was going with this. So apparently, and most of those were not even on script. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original script had less than 100. Oh, damn. Half, a, a majority of those are due to uh, Joe Pesci's ad-libbing and yeah, throwing it's... it into every sentence. It's a very crass movie. Um, a lot of swearing going around. Um, so yeah. So basically, I've got more facts like that. If you want to keep, if you want to keep listening to the episode, and then we, I've also got some, um, basically like where are they now kind of things for the real people behind Goodfellas. So because if you oh, didn't, yeah. it's based on a true story. Um, and the movie ends with a title card that, or with multiple little cards that talk about the the characters and where they are currently. But I guess currently in the day would have been 1990. So I guess yeah. maybe you know where they are, like in the yes. 21st century, sort of. Indeed. Also, some more information about like who they were and all that kind of stuff. I did some research, so gotcha. stay tuned. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess as Connor alluded to, it's based on um, a, a nonfiction book. Uh, which I think that book was written by a guy who um, interviewed or had t- spoken to the real Henry Hill, yep. who's the main character of this movie. Um, and if you don't know, Henry Hill uh, was involved in the mob, and then he went under the witness protection program and basically told the government or the the police and everything, kind of the inner workings and about his life and everything. Yeah. So this book is an adaptations of uh, kind of his his accounts and all that. Exactly. Um, did you know, like, going in that it was a, based on a true story? No, I didn't know anything going in except for the one scene where Joe Pesci ke- keeps uh, being like, 
You think I'm funny? How am I funny? That's the only thing I know about this movie. Going in, so I didn't yeah. know it was based on a true story. Neither did I the first time I saw it. Um, so it was definitely like seeing it the first time when that thing came up at the beginning, that frame came up at the beginning that said this is based on a true story. I was like, oh, shoot, because it's like it's almost so um, what I had heard about the movie was just so crazy, like all the the scenes and all and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to spoil anything, but just like it seems so crazy that this couldn't ever happen. But it did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, well, to, to some to a certain extent, you know, like obviously they had to take some creative liberties, but I guess to a certain extent the events did happen yeah um so what's your pitch non-spoiler um well again because i haven't seen uh sadly or admittedly i haven't watched a lot of scorsese movies i don't really know how this would compare to the rest of his filmography i've seen uh the irishman uh which i i was like sort of halfway paying attention to uh, mm-hmm. But that that movie definitely felt more kind of character based. It was kind of about this one um, gangster. I think his name was like Frank Sheeran. Uh, yeah, it, but it was it was a lot. It was a lot slower paced, and it was sort of about his relationship with Jimmy Hoffa and everything. I watched it a while back, and I wasn't really paying attention, so I don't have a really a solid opinion on that movie. Um, and I did watch Hugo, but that's not really like uh, you know an acclaimed Scorsese movie. It's just uh, it's one of his like kind of. Uh, lesser acclaimed works, I guess. So mm-hmm. this is the first out of like you know the big Scorsese movies that I've seen, um, and I really liked it. I think it, um, it's perfectly crafted. It kept me engaged throughout the whole thing. I'm not, I don't really watch a lot of crime movies, but it made it interesting. Uh, the performances are on point. I mean, I understand why this is one of like the most renowned kind of mob criminal movies, crime period too. Yeah, and movies, I guess, um, of all time. So I, and it, I think because this is a little later in, or kind of past the initial stage of Scorsese's filmography, he has, you know, those really interesting tracking shots. He incorporates the, the narration. Um, I think that's the thing that he's sort of known for the the over the top or the, um, with the voiceover narration. That's something yeah. that he incorporates a lot. There's a lot of like freeze frames and narration over that. Um, so yeah, it's the the writing and the direction I think is is masterful. Um so yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um I will say though, I think it's a really well again, I think it's a really really well-crafted movie, but I'm not like obsessed with it. There's some movies that I after I watch, I become really obsessed with and I um I I love love and while I I think this movie is a really great movie, I'm not like obsessed if that makes sense. Yeah. I see. I, I I totally agree with, with just about everything. Um, what you mentioned about the narration, I think like sometimes narration, like like I mean, if you've watched Cinema Sins, the whole narrate he like always whenever there's narration, he like puts a sin on the counter. Um, so like that's definitely a thing that can be a little bit um, risky to include because I think depending on how it's used, it can seem a little um, unnecessary or forced. But I think the way yes. they put it in this, definitely, it felt like a necessary part of the film. Um, and it had, it did, I think it, it did, did a great job of building like the atmosphere and like the, um, I was going to say believability, but I mean, a lot of it did happen. So they, I mean, but it like, it kind of built up the whole, um, like mob, like what it was really like to be, it didn't sugarcoat anything. It didn't, it didn't make it seem like, um, 
I don't know. It, nothing was, nobody was put on a, none of the characters were put on a pedestal to be like, um, these super cool guys. Like it was real. Like it was the real, the real deal. Um, so I thought that was, I think it, I did a great job of like kind of drawing you in and, um, really keeping you, um, I guess, uh, in, in thrall throughout the entire film. So I, I, I definitely really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, and I agree with you about your point about narration, because again, like you said, um, it can seem kind of cliche, but I think Scorsese uh, utilizes narration uh, in a very interesting way. He's not just dropping exposition, but he's also building character through narration. Exactly. Um, I'm watching currently watching Taxi Driver, and that's also uh, he also uses narration in Taxi Driver. So I, I do like the narration. Um, and I also noticed that it switches between the main character and then a little later uh uh his wife uh or his soon-to-be wife i guess her character also has narration so it kind of switches perspectives so i think that's that was pretty interesting as well um but yeah i I do like the narration and i guess yeah it's it doesn't it doesn't really does it do would you argue that it glorifies or kind of idolizes the life of a mobster like does it do you think it places it on a pedestal i don't think so yeah because i think you can go into the film. I think some people may watch the movie and be like, "Oh man, it's it's, it's so cool to be a mobster." You know, you you can park your car wherever, you can steal whatever. But I think what Scorsese is trying to do with this movie is showing like how kind of awful and terrible these people are, and how basically it destroys your life. Yeah. Um, I think that's really the message of the movie. Um, I mean, it's not really a spoiler. Yeah. It's just it's, he's just trying to show you know, the the, since this is the reality, it's it. Yeah, it's not a it's a negative thing. And this character, you know, he thinks it's all great, but it, it eventually comes back to bite him. So, yeah. Well, I think, well, I guess now we can get, I want to get into like, not, a, so like, if you haven't seen Goodfellas, go ahead and do that now. Um, cause I, I'm about to, we're about to talk about spoilers. So, yeah. Um, yes. Um, I want to mention like, I think it's interesting how you kind of see him. It, it's almost like, in the beginning, it's kind of like, um, as a kid, he sees it as being like really cool, and he gets to meet all these people, and he's getting all this money and all that kind of stuff. And but as the time goes on, and as he gets older, you can kind of see in um, Henry Hill's. Well, I, well, he's not really a character; he's a real person. But Ray Liotta's performance, you see him kind of like there's like almost like a light switch that's slowly coming on over the course of the movie where he's realizing like, like what's going on. I mean, I think like when, um, I think the biggest example of this is like when, um, Tommy Joe Pesci's character kills the, the waiter. Mm -hmm. And you kind of see like that look on Ray Liotta's face of like, just absolute like shock and like horror at what just happened. Mm -hmm. um and then like there's always he's he's always even though he does bad things he's there's always a he he, a sense of that he's like an outsider i mean when they're burying the body and um jimmy and tommy are laughing and making jokes and he's like throwing up yeah he, Um, he does kind of stand out from the from the rest of the family um but i will say he does by the end of the film I'm not sure if he regrets, or I'm not sure if he is completely uh, at at peace with leaving the oh, life. No, because remember, he's like, 
he kind of wishes I, I, there's he's, he has a line where he's like i'm you know just like a schmuck now like i i wish i was a doing normal dude yeah it's a normal guy so even though it basically ruined his entire life and you know he's he had to go on the run and everything uh he still kind of wants to go back which is kind of ironic because that's the thing that completely ruined his life so yeah um but yeah he does always sort of at least as as the movie goes on he becomes more and more uh kind of disassociated with the with the mob life i guess but there was a point where he seemed pretty pretty uh kind of assimilated into the lifestyle yeah. and everything. I think there was definitely some th- my point is like there was definitely a lot of like um uh not tension but um inner conflict within him like on uh, you could kind of like just tell based on like um his actions and 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 just I mean just at the most basic sense like I said like Ray Liotta's like facial expressions and stuff like that you can kind of like see like there's is this what am i is this right is it not right like and even even if that's not necessarily like what he's thinking he's definitely like tells that some things are wrong more than other than the other people Mm -hmm. so i don't know i found that interesting because it had like added some extra depth to his character because he wasn't like um i'm not saying all the other guys were just completely like ruthless and had no depth um but like he definitely was like the one that was kind of like um, there was definitely a little bit more of a conflict with him in terms of like what, whether what he was doing and what he was doing with his um friends and stuff was actually like right, mm-hmm. um, and justified, should I say? So I just found that interesting. Um, so yeah. Um, any anything anything you wanted to add? Um. It's kind of a tangent, but I kind of thought Ray Liotta kind of looked like a young Leonardo DiCaprio mixed with Joaquin Phoenix. I don't know. He, I can kind of see that. I'm surprised he hasn't been like a leading man in any more movies. I know that's what. Yeah, that's one of the things because, I wrote down was like he's literally not in anything else for the most part. Yeah, and he's he gives a really great performance, um, especially in that last act where he's kind of like high the whole time. Um, you could see it in his eyes, and he gives a really great, very paranoid, um, anxiety-inducing performance by the end. So yeah. I think he was he was one of the standouts. So I'm really surprised he hasn't been in any more kind of major movies. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I try. I looked that up, and it's like all his other stuff is like B-level, like action movies from like the late '90s and early 2000s. So, yeah, so that, yeah, that's I, I don't that's know. surprising to me. Yeah, me too. And it's also, like it's how... almost I was gonna say it's almost like he's just he's just like famous for this one movie and that's about it. Yeah, so that kind of took me by surprise. I was curious. Um, you know, why like, hasn't been more? It's like he's so famous, you expect there to be like other movies, but it's like it's just because this movie was like so good and so like well regarded that he just got I mean, you know, what I mean he's as famous as some other people are for doing five, six, seven movies, you know? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Which, interesting he was in the b movie remember that wait i think i do who did he play or who did he voice he was ray Liotta. he was himself in the oh he was himself in the courtroom yeah i do remember, remember that Remember he had the honey that had his face on yeah it. i remember that yeah 
And then there's a line that, um, I mean, this is like an inside joke amongst my dad, mainly just my dad, not, well, my brother and sister too, a little bit, but my dad and I mostly, where um, Barry is like, um, basically like hounding him for having the honey line and all that kind of stuff. And he, and then Barry goes like, this isn't a good fella. This is a bad fella. And then like, he tries to like oh, squish yeah. him with one of his awards. <laughs> so. I don't know. I that I thought of I I'd forgotten about that until I watched the movie. Oh no. But, um. Let's talk about honestly, like the one of, if not the strongest, um, performances of the whole uh movie. I think Joe Pesci was like amazing. How old um, was his character supposed to be? Because he was supposed to be, I I don't know. I always just imagine really very old, but he like seemed. He seemed a lot older than his character was supposed to be, so it was hard to, for me to like uh, view him as this sort of young and upcoming gangster. He just See, seemed the, like an old dude. Yeah, I think that was an issue. I looked it up, and apparently his actual counterpart um, was closer to his like thirties. Yeah. In, during the events that are shown in the movie, I, like I think when he kills um, Billy Bats, the guy in the the mm -hmm. bar, um, I think he's like thirty when he does that so i think they just kind of took i mean just for the sake of having him in the movie i think they just kind of like threw that out the window and just made him 40 something like i think yeah. he's just supposed to be however old he was in the movie like they weren't trying to make him look younger or make him look older oh, okay or anything. um but i mean lo logically in real life he he's he was like 30 or so when i'm a lot of in his 30s or so when the movie um because all the other uh i think bosses were kind of referring to him as like a kid sort of mm -hmm. even though he was he just like and remember the other the guy that he kills was sort of teasing him like he was a child but it just seemed weird to me because he didn't look all too all that young yeah yeah so, yeah i think he's was... supposed to be i mean i mean i don't know if he was um what's it called martin scorsese was actually trying to make him 30 i doubt he was mm -hmm. but in the in the events that are that are in the movie he's in his like 30s or something like that but yeah i don't know yeah. why they i don't they they t took some did some weird changes like that yeah but his performance i mean he got an, he got an academy award for this interesting yeah i think he was definitely one of the the funnier uh kind of idiosyncratic eccentric characters in the movie mm -hmm. um he was definitely fun to watch i think uh a performance that's quite understated well, I'm not sure again because I'm not very super familiar with the movie, but I think Lauren Breakow as uh, his wife, um, Karen. Oh, yeah. I think she actually gave probably the second. I think Ray Liotta is probably the best performance, and then uh, Lauren Breakow as really? uh, Karen. I think she was. I think she was phenomenal, especially at the end, whenever she's well. First, when she's paranoid about remember uh, the main character Henry sleeping with that the, the other uh -huh. girl, and she's like slowly becoming more and more unhinged. And yeah. then by the end, when she's kind of in on the drug operation, and she's kind of just so um, hysterical and everything, I think her her performance that that gradual change from you know her being this nice Jewish girl and everything to her becoming like this kind of crazy, unhinged, traumatized woman, I thought was pretty phenomenal. So I really yeah. liked her performance. I thought uh, she. She was because I, I don't know if a lot of people mention her when when they discuss this movie, but I thought she did it. Really good. I agree. Um, I don't. I, are you still there? Yeah. 
Okay, okay, you cut out a little bit. I didn't know if you stopped talking or. Um, oh my bad. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of forgot about her a little bit. Um, I think just my the main thing with, um, Joe Pesci's character is it's like, so a lot of his scenes he just puts so much like into it, um, like he's just like goes full like crazy. You know what I mean? Like when he's on screen and like, I it's he kind of like just steals the the energy like in the whole scene i i, I just that's what the kind of like what i got from it yeah he's definitely a standout i'd say in the in um the film. I, I think i mentioned this to you but i wanted to make sure i we got this on the podcast but like this movie only home alone came out two months before this uh-huh um so i think there was a little overlap or I think they worked on the. I think they finished this movie like right before they started working on Home Alone because I think Home Alone didn't have as much, obviously not as big of a budget. All that it's a whole completely different ball field. Um, but like they had just finished Goodfellas and he went to go work on Home Alone, and because of we talked about the f bombs at the beginning because he was so used to just throwing those in with every sentence. He uh-huh. kept trying. Well, they kept trying to do the lines and stuff for Home Alone, and he kept accidentally slipping up and cursing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a part in you haven't seen Home Alone, but um, the list of the people listening, at least a, a good amount of them probably have. Um, but there's parts in the movie where he like does like a like he just like um, almost like a just you know like when you're when you're trying not to curse and and you just like like you know what I'm saying. Hmm. Um, so he does that like a bunch in the movie and I think he just kind of, he, he came up with that for Home Alone just as like a, um, stand in for all the F-bombs and stuff like that. Um, so I thought that was a cool connection. I didn't know until I looked it up that that they came out only like within months of each other. It's like you take your child to see, uh, Home Alone and then you watch Goodfellas after with them. Actually, no, it would have been Goodfellas and then Home Alone. Oh no, yeah. Home Alone. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Because I think Home Alone was uh, November, and then uh, what's it called? Goodfellas was September of 1990. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I think he's great in both movies. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think it's like it's like the scenes when he's there and he's like, he'll be yelling or I mean, punching somebody or I. I mean, it's like you can't help but be like, oh my, like oh my gosh, like. Like especially the scene mm-hmm. when we talked about where he kills the waiter, and then the part where he's beating up Billy Bats in the bar, it's like, yeah, uh, like you almost like, it's like shocked. You're like, I don't know. It's like, I don't. My like my heart's. I mean, it, this is a little bit of a dramatic, um, um, what do you call it? Description. But like your heart almost stops. Like you're like, on the edge of your seat, kind of thing. Um, Billy Bats' heart stopped quite nope. literally. But not until uh, he stabbed him like seven times. Oh yeah, with the kitchen knife. Speaking of, um, so apparently they had to like cut. Like in initial viewings, he was stabbed seven times on screen. Uh huh. Um, but Scorsese had to like cut it down to four, I think. But the audio didn't get cut, so there's still seven stab noises. Oh. But there's only four sc- uh, stabs on screen. Um. You can't really see that. You only see that at the beginning, like the the beginning when they show that scene as the intro. It's not later uh-huh. on in the movie, um, but you notice it at the beginning. So that's just an interesting 
um, fact. And I got many more where that came from. Um, well, I have a fact for you. Oh, okay. Did you know that uh, the Joe Pesci's character's mom in the film is actually Martin actually, Scorsese's Martin mother? Mom? Yes, I did. Yeah. I yes. had that written down. Written down. Um, and I think Scorsese's kind of background as uh, growing up in New York and everything. Yep, I read that too. And his Italian identity. Um, I think maybe he could be kind of a stand-in for, for Henry. You know how he's kind of looking out and he's, he's kind of fantasizing about how cool it would be to be a mother. Yeah. That could stem from Scorsese's uh, own experience as an Italian-American growing up in New York mm-hmm. uh, in the time. Um, I guess to the point where he even has his mom in the movie. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, at least in the Irish, I remember this in the Irishman a lot, but there are a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, kind of Catholic, his identity as a Catholic also, and themes of guilt and morality are also sort of Are we talking about Daredevil and, or uh, the Irishman? No, the Irishman. It's just that was a, a joke. I was making a oh. joke. <laughs> yeah. Because I was, for a second, it sounded like you were talking about Daredevil, which I have been watching recently. If you have not watched Daredevil, please go watch it. It's on Netflix. It's very good. Sorry. Did you finish the first season? Um, no, but I watched. I think I'm like I'm like two episodes away. Oh, Vanessa, you nursed me in front of Vanessa. Okay, we're getting sidetracked. I'm sorry I brought that up. Yeah, I think um, uh, Scorsese's kind of identity shines through, um, in this movie as well as his other movies. But um, yeah, yes, I I agree. I just, I thought it was funny that. His mom is the Joe Pesci's mom. Oh, There's also God. that really weird kind of strange little tangent where she pick, picks out her picture that she drew or painted. I thought that was with, hilarious. With the one dog facing that way, the other one's facing the other way. It was like, and then, I mean, it's like it, they literally have a half-dead dude in their trunk, and she's sitting here talking about this picture of the guy in the boat with his dogs, and Joe Pesci's character is like, not just does not care at all about the fact that there's like a half dead dude in his trunk yeah <laughs> i can't help but wonder if um pulp fiction quentin tarantino's pulp fiction uh was i, I guess this came out in 1990 so it would have been a i don't know if it really would have influenced him but yeah it would have been mean, close there, there are sort of i don't know with you know the dead body in the car and i guess he tarantino likes to play on those tropes but um yeah I just wonder if his maybe his films, maybe could have been uh, this could have been an influence. I know, yeah, this definitely influenced. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, the filmmaker Paul Thomas Anderson. I think his one of his movies uh, was influenced oh, yeah. by this movie, uh, Boogie Nights. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think because this is a little later in Scorsese's filmography, I think it it, it incorporates all of the best kind of his best aspects. He's kind of been able to um, perfect his formula. Yes, definitely, I'd say that. Don't say it. Um, Back to formula. <laughs> even in an, in an episode that has nothing to do with it, we still end up referencing. I'm not even. Oh my gosh. Um, but you know, like apparently that whole thing with the grandmother and them having to go get the kitchen, like that was actually like that actually happened. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like they actually like they they beat him up. Um, but apparently they them beating him up was not they did 
So here's a, here's I know I was going to save the real life facts for later, but I figured it was relevant. Um, so Billy Bat's character played by Frank Vincent, um, the whole disposal of the body, like of them be, beating him up and then putting him in the trunk and then going to get the knife and then him being like still alive in the trunk and then dump. That was all pretty much according to Henry Hill's account. That was pretty much accurate. Um, but they didn't kill him because of the whole comments about. Um, the shoe shining like he did uh-huh. make comments about him being a sh- about um joe pesci's character being a shoe shiner but yeah. that was not why they killed him apparently um billy bats went to jail for some reason nothing in nothing intense because he ended up getting out and when he got out he wanted his loan sharking business back which was being run by um robert de niro's character um but robert de niro's character didn't want to give it back to him and if this caused like an argument and then um robert de niro's character actually like killed him and beat him to death oh so it wasn't uh tommy it was jimmy in real no. life interesting yeah yeah, yeah so, so i guess they had i guess it, again it, it, in the world of the movie it would make more sense for tommy because he's sort of the impulsive implosive yeah. one so and that's the thing is like uh, from what i was reading like um Robert De Niro's character Jimmy is def- it was apparently a lot more ruthless and um, stuff in real life. So, mm. uh, so yeah. But I, other than that, like all the stuff about them going to the, his house. I mean, it was actually like Joe Pesci's character's house where they had to get the knife and, and him being still alive in the trunk. Like that all actually happened. That's crazy. Yeah. And then like it's like scenes like that where that makes you forget that it's this uh, is real. Um, again, for the most part, but yeah, 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 I, yeah, I yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I and the other thing that like is crazy, it's like all this passing, they're just casually passing around thousands, like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, they're ca- carrying around like thousands of dollars on them with mm-hmm. no thought. I mean, not a thought. It's just like, <laughs> and they're just casually talking about, oh yeah, we just got a mill, oh, we just got like two million dollars. We, just, I mean, it's just. I mean, this is like real. This was like real life. Yeah, because like, there's the the whole raid of the the airport or whatever. Yeah. The, um, yeah, they steal uh, like millions of dollars from there. I mean, yeah, it was about six. I think it was six million dollars in cash, and then another million or something in like jewelry. Mm. And that was real. That was real too. That was like a. It was called the. Um, Othansa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was 1978. And it, I think it's to this date the biggest cash um, heist in American history. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Um, what else we got? Oh, what about Polly? I don't know. Polly was kind of a, a, a cool character. Yeah, he's, he was the kind of the, the top of the food chain in terms of that kind of group of that little regime. He was the, the head. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. They they all kind of answer to him, or mm-hmm. and then near the end, Henry has the the cocaine business, um, and he does that without telling Polly. So then, once once Polly finds out, you know, he he's like, "You're done." Yeah, he he gives him some money, and he's like, "You're out." And it was so, like so much less than they had been passing around in the beginning. Like he went for, like, what's it called? Henry went from getting, I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars, and then when he gets kicked out of the mob business, Polly gives him like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, so like, again, I guess that goes to show. Uh, I mean, again, the title's called Goodfellas, and it makes it seem like you know they're this really big supportive family. But at the end of the day, 
you know, they'll turn on each other, they'll kill each other, they'll, yeah. um, you know, kick them out. So they're really just awful people. So I guess I think that's kind of supposed to be the irony in the in the title. You know, good fellows, but you know, at the end, they're all either killing each other or betraying each other or yeah, kind of abandoning one another. So they're they're really all really awful people. Um, did you um see Tommy's death coming? Like, did you expect him to be uh to die? Oh no! I thought he was going to be a made man. Yeah, I know. I, they did a pretty decent job of like, I mean, I had kind of forgotten he died. I mean, it'd been so long, and and they didn't do, um, they did a good job of kind of like, like just that came out as a shock. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's just walking in there, and then they just pop him, done. Um, which also uh, allegedly happened according to henry hill um but they never found his body so there isn't actually a confirmed they just know uh, when he, about when he went missing yeah um but there was never i don't think there was actually a confirmed like um like date or anything like that but according mm-hmm. to henry hill he would he had heard um about them killing him and like the whole th- I, I think that the whole thing with the phone booth was probably um, loosely based on whatever he had heard from other mobsters and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm. I thought the phone booth scene was that phone booth scene was pretty decent on Robert De Niro's part. Like his kind of like raw emotion in that scene was pretty um, convincing and um, believable. Uh, I didn't really find Robert De Niro all that great. I don't know. In this, he wasn't standing up for me. It was it was oh, mainly no. yeah, not a not, overall no. Which is interesting because you know he's uh kind of a an a-list actor but yeah i think i didn't really find anything super super substantial by his character but yeah that that fun bit scene is interesting um how he kind of gets upset uh because you know, he really feels connected to the uh, or i guess Tommy was his sort of his friend so yeah it's also interesting how uh near the end you know he tells doesn't he tell henry like to go down and whack a person in florida but yeah. i guess what's his name uh henry suspects you know they're just going to kill him which they were yeah so like you know they're so close they built this relationship that the whole time at the end he doesn't hesitate to just send him off to die yeah um yeah that ruthlessness is like really something like oh it's just it, it's just a big part of the movie and you just kind of find yourself like wow I mean, again, like what I've been saying, like, it's just so crazy to even like think that so many of these things um, like were like real, real stuff that like not even just this story, but like in just in the mob, the mob in general, like this is like a pretty common thing for mob, the mob families and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so just don't get organized and or get don't get involved in organized crime and you won't have to deal with any of these issues. Yes. <laughs> Um, I think that's I think that's the message of the movie. That is stay, definitely the message. Stay out of organized crime. Be safe, kids. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I, we were talking about Robert De Niro's um, performance. Um, one of the things I found out that apparently, like, while they were working on the movie, Robert De Niro actually called the real Henry Hill and talked to him like up to eight times a day just to get like Jimmy, like Jimmy's character, just right, like down to oh, like cool. the, way, the way he walked, the way he, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's neat so that that was pretty cool um but what about the how how am i funny the hell i think that's honestly the best one of the best scenes of the entire movie 
that is the best scene in the entire movie. Um, because again, that was the only sound new, but uh, kind of the way his delivery and then the way uh, t- or Henry's kind of laughing. Uh, and then that's a meme that... too. Him laughing is a meme. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an older one. It hasn't been around for a while, but it was a meme for a little bit. Like him, I sent it as a gif to the. To the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember. But apparently, I've got a fact about that. Apparently, that something similar to that actually happened to Joe Pesci when he was working as a waiter. Um, oh. So he was like, sir, waiting on this guy. Blah blah blah. Apparently, he was like, I don't know if he was actually he knew he was a mobster or whatever, but apparently he was. And he had said something like he had made that joke, like, how am I funny? Like, like Joe Pesci said something to him that and like, like they were, he said something funny. And then Joe Pesci said, like, he was funny. And that whole exchange happened. Um, oh, dang. So I I thought that was super cool because it was like, that's an, I mean, that's just a little interesting t- tidbit, I guess. Uh-huh. That's, um, that's interesting. Yeah. But. I don't know. It's just so. Oh gosh, the way he, the way he, like, and it's like he's funny, but in such a, it's it's like you can't. Funny how? Like a clown? <laughs> Is that how I'm funny? How, no, <laughs> help, tell me how am I funny? You brought it up. How am I funny? Like, like, a, like a clown? You need to amuse you? Am, am I am I here to amuse you? Am I a clown? Oh god! But it's like it's like it's it's like a dr- not dry humor, but like. I don't know how to describe it. It's not traditionally like, it's like he's so. Um, he's very crass. Crass, yeah, that's the word. He's he's crude. Okay. Or no, what is it? He's crass. Oh he's he's crude. He's family. Uh yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Uncle Buck. Oh, that's enough. Um, Uncle Buck is the superior gangster movie. I'd have to say Uncle Buck would. Uh, um, I think they should. They, John Candy should have been in this. Uncle Buck would have destroyed uh, the 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 regime going on here. So terrible. Um, you you do go on these tangents, and I completely lose my train of thought. You say something now. I just had I just had a whole thing. Uh, it kind of took me by surprise that Samuel L. Jackson had a cameo. Oh yeah, I was oh, like, yeah. what? I was I was like, wait, is that Samuel L. Jackson? I forgot and, about and him. I was like, oh dang, that is Samuel L. Jackson. He just plays. And this, they just this... shot him. Yeah, that was pretty funny though. I had no idea he was in this movie. I was like, yeah, wait, is that him? And then yeah, yep, it ends up being him. I thought that was quite funny. Oh, funny. Gosh. Shut, shut up. Shut like a clown. Up. Like a clown. See now you can quote it with actual backing. You were quoting it before and you didn't even know context. Yeah. Um I mean I guess that does say something about the movie. Like you were quoting the movie you were quoting the movie and you hadn't even seen it and had basically no knowledge. Oh yeah. But again, that was the that was the only that was the only scene that I knew. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying like that's that's like just a um nod to how how big this like movie is in like the industry and like and entertainment and stuff like that. Um, what else? Let me see. Let me check our time. I guess I can get into like the real, like basically like who, like who's who and all that kind of stuff and wh- whatever happened to them and all that. Sure. I think, uh, unless you have anything else, I thought the editing was actually quite, uh, quite nice. 
I oh, think yes. it, 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 this is a pretty difficult film because there's so many, uh, I don't know. It, again, it's split into kind of three parts. There's a lot, there's a lot to cover with the montages and the, the long shots and the mm-hmm. uh, still frames. Um, and Thelma Schumacher, uh, who's the editor, she, I think she edits most of Scorsese's movies, but I think yeah. she's definitely, uh, to, she's definitely to, uh, what is the <laughs> word? We, uh, I don't even know what, the, I don't, I don't know, know what I'm trying to say. say. Uh, it's just, we need to recognize she's, she's someone that we should recognize as being, uh, as critical to the success and the. Oh yeah, I get what you're trying to say. I can't the quality the, the quality of the film. Yeah, I, there's another yeah. word for it, but I, I just completely blanked. But yeah, the editing. I thought because it's a difficult film, there's so many kind of moving components. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, now you can get into the the story or yes. the the real life story. I guess I did have one more fact about the movie and the making of the movie itself before I get into the uh, real story. Um, so apparently, like the extras were actually some of the extras were actually connected to the mob. Oh, so like, um, I don't, I think he did this on purpose. I don't know how this ended up getting like passed, but like, like some of them were actually connected, whether he knew or not. And like, um, some of them knew the actual real life characters. And then some of them even like after the, like after the movie came out, ended up going to jail for like mob stuff. It's kind of funny. <laughs> so it, it it's just an interesting, um, like I think. I think like the extras in the beginning when he's like, when it shows like the sequence of Henry Hill, when he was young, like the ones that worked at like the, in the city uh-huh. um, and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think a lot of them were connected to the mob in some um, uh, form. That's um, kind of crazy. Yeah. So there's another weird thing. Um, what else? I think that was, I think that was all the facts that I wanted to mention. Let's see. Oh, oh, oh. How many times did they say "busting my balls" in this whole mo- whole movie? Did you p- notice how many t- how often they kept saying that? Yeah, I guess is that supposed to mean like like giving me a problem, sort of? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like messing, yeah, they, like, like joking around, but like in a in a you're, I'm trying to get on your nerves kind of way. Yeah, they they say it a ton. You never heard of that before? Not really. I don't. I don't come from a, 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 a. I don't come from a, a mob background, so. Well, I've heard. I heard. I had heard the phrase before. Uh, I I not really heard that. I guess it's because I'm eight percent Italian. Uh, I guess. Mamma Mia, the Gabagool. The Gabagool. It's about the Gabagool. I told um, Sammy. She's. I've been telling Sammy. I mean, for months and months and months, that she has to see this because she's got a lot of like Italian. I mean, I think some of her grandparents like were, uh, came off the boat like from Italy. Stuff this like movie that. is about being Italian. It's about heritage. Actually, no, but isn't Jimmy? Isn't Jimmy an Irishman? Yes, he is, and so is um, uh, what's it called? Jimmy. Well, yeah, Jimmy and Henry are both half Irish. I kind of thought that. I mean, if I if I hadn't known anything about the Irishman, I'd think it's a sequel to to uh, Goodfellas because because okay. Robert De Niro plays an Irishman. And Joe Pesci, the only person who's not in. Look. Yeah, uh, if I think I'd, I'd, I'd assume it'd be a sequel, but no, it's about a uh, totally different thing. But
Um, yeah, they say it so seriously, but it's like objectively, it's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? Did I have anything else? We talked about. Okay. Yeah, I think we. I think we mentioned everything. So yes, fun facts to round everything. Well, not fun facts. The the re the story behind the real Goodfellas. Um, the real bad. Would the opposite of Goodfellas be like bad gals? Okay. Um, bad gals. They need to make a. Re- Goodfellas called Bad Gals with uh, all women, like they did with Ghostbusters. It, it would be all women, yeah. That would be that would be epic because that is definitely proven to be um, an effective uh, strategy. Um, God, why do you keep going? <laughs> you keep going on these tangents, and I can't remember what I'm trying to say. You're lucky I have notes. Um, so as you mentioned at the beginning, the book it's based on a biographical book called Wise Guy. Um, which is based on Henry Hill's account after he um, went in under witness protection stuff in 1980. Um, so speaking of Henry Hill, he was removed from witness protection after like getting arrested for drugs again. Dang. <laughs> and then he died in 2012. His, I think it said in the movie, his wife and him divorced. Yeah. Um, like 1989 or something. Um, but yeah, he died in 2012, and I th- in LA. So where where he is at the end, I think, is Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, he was kind of he had a big drug problem. Like it, it, it like it kind of made it seem like he was all good after the at the moon in the movie. Like he was all he got off clean, all that kind of stuff. But he apparently had a lot of drug and drinking problems well into like his death. Yeah, I could imagine. Um, so Jimmy. Conway, by, played by Robert De Niro, is actually his actual name is Jimmy Burke, um, and so after his after Henry Hill's testimony and all that kind of stuff, he was sentenced to twenty years in prison. And then it said in the movie that he would be eligible for parole. I think it was like two thousand and three or four or something, early two thousands. Um, but he ended up dying in nineteen ninety six. Dang. So he didn't finish his sentence, um, and obviously never got parole. Um. I already mentioned the real Jimmy Burke was more ruthless and um, not as everybody was not as clean shaven. When I was looking at the pictures, a lot of them had more like facial hair. I don't. I, I think that was just a creative decision on behalf of Martin Scorsese. Mm. Um, next we got Tommy. Uh, Tommy DeVito is his name in the movie, played by Joe. Danny Pesci. DeVito. Okay. Um, which I mean, I don't even think they ever say his last name anyway. Do they? They might no, have I don't think when so. they first introduced him, but it wasn't really that relevant. But his real name was Thomas um, De Simone. Um, huh. So first name's the same. They changed the last name just like they did with Jimmy. Um, apparently, the when he killed the waiter, that was like totally like actually that actually happened. Like, he like he like he actually he, he killed the waiter. He shot yeah. the dude, and he really died on the set of the movie. Shut, that's not what I meant. That's what. That, I said that's t- exactly. <laughs> I'm, joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. You're so annoying. You're so annoying. <laughs> um, no, he like Thomas like De Simone like actually like he shot the dude for just like something stupid. That's kind of awful. I it's yeah it's like the scenes that you'd think would be the ones that wouldn't be true actually end up being the ones that are true. Um. And then his death, we talked about, like, he went missing. It was mostly based on fact. Henry Hill had heard about there being, like, talks of get, killing him within the mob and all that kind of stuff. Um, but what actually happened in the movie was just based on speculation. So they don't know exactly, like, 
exactly how he died and when he died, but they know that he, I mean, he probably got, that's probably what happened. Um, this is funny. <laughs> so Paul, Polly, um, Paul Cicero, which is his, the character's name is played yeah. by Paul Servino. And then the real life person is Paul Vario. So the three Pauls. It's so confusing. I was trying to write my make nine notes and make sure I got it right. So like the character is Paul Cicero, played by actor Paul Servino, and he is portraying the real life person of Paul Vario. That's funny. Or um, all his uh, nephew, or well, or all his sons named Paul, and all they were all married to uh, women named like Maria or whatever. Remember they say that in the movie, like all of his sons are named Paul. I don't and know then... if that was actually true, but I mean, I I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Um, apparently he was more involved than the movie suggested. He wasn't as, um, laid back and kind of like overarching. Um, mm -hmm. apparently he like, um, had a bunch of his like henchmen basically beat up a waiter because they spilled wine on his wife. Ah. Uh. Um, so he was definitely a little bit more involved and, and ruthless. Um, and he died while serving his term in 1988, but that was mentioned in the movie. Yeah, he had like um, a respiratory issue or something. Yes, yes. Um, and then Billy Bats, we talked about how he had the loan shark business. That wasn't actually how he was killed. Um, I mean, it was how he was killed, but it wasn't actually why he died. Um, and then my last thing was like the big heist in the movie was actually like a real heist that was, like I said, the biggest cash heist in American history. Mm. So that was all that was all I had. I felt like those were like the main characters. Um, so yeah. One, one side note I forgot to, we forgot to mention when we were actually discussing the movie, um, was like the use of pop music. There are a ton of yeah. needle drops, probably even more than like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Like there, were, there was a pop song in almost every scene. I feel like it almost like it kind of showed the, uh, almost kind of, it, like kind of demonstrated like the course of time. Yeah. And I think, um, uh, I don't know, because again, they have a lot of these nice or popular songs put over kind of disturbing or grotesque or violent, uh, violent scenes. Yeah. Um, there's something I noticed. There are, a lot, there are a lot of uses of pop music. I think he's sort of famous for that. Again, I'm not super sure, but I have, I have, I've heard that, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, that scene, that opening scene where he slams the trunk and the music pick swells like that's like become a like a super famous clip yeah and especially that one scene where they i don't know if it's when they first bury the body or when they rebury the body but it's um their their, their shadows are shown and oh, it's yeah. it's lit with the red of the the car light i thought that was a, that's probably one of my favorite shots of the movie um exactly. it's, it's of yeah. their silhouettes against the red light of the car i thought that was a pretty neat scene definitely um but yeah i think the movie would have been a completely different completely different without all the i'm not completely different but it definitely would have been lacking without the the music mm -hmm. um and i think that's something people forget to mention be, i mean obviously we did um because it's like it's kind of just there and it's it's in the background and it gets it's a lot of times so well blended in that you don't even you're thinking yeah, about you, it, you're you not don't really even notice it. About it like there's some movies where the music is kind of jarring and while it doesn't necessarily like detract from the the scene it definitely kind of stands uh kind of stands uh, out from the scene yeah but the movie the the songs in this movie are very well assimilated into the into the actual the the, the movement and the 
everything um to where like again you don't you almost fail to recognize uh that it's even there also yeah. the tv i watched it on had pretty really bad audio so maybe i just didn't notice it because... um but that that could have been it but um yeah uh, um possibly yeah possibly um i'm trying to think if there's anything else to mention before we uh round everything out can you think of anything uh, else well i mean again admittedly i haven't seen the godfather i know i'm i'm such a i haven't seen loser. it either, so I, I can't make funny on that one okay well i guess we're both losers but i think next to the godfather this is probably the second um most famous influential gangster mob movie yeah um i guess i don't know again i'm not well versed but uh yeah this is just overall um i really enjoyed it i'm not really one for these types of crime movies but you know it's so acclaimed and i could definitely see why um you know his craft scorsese's craft is clearly evident um there's there's these really great uh tracking these uh single tracking shots there's the one um, where they're going into the bar yeah going into the restaurant and yeah the, the choreography must have been insane um because these these are really muted um so you can he's at the top of his game um with this movie and he again and he simulates all of those different techniques and all of these different things he's kind of building throughout his filmography um pretty nicely in this one so i definitely see why it's regarded as one of you know the greatest films of all time um and again it's it's more of a movie that i that i, know I admire more than i am, am sort of obsessed with i not sure if i'd like some i want watch them this one time maybe Maybe in, it's a movie that I definitely like. I really respect. I think it's it, it's deservedly uh, one of the greatest movies and mob movies of all time. So, solid. I think that's a. I mean, I. I mean, I'm. I don't even think I can top uh, top that. You kind of cut out at the end. Um, oh, okay. But I got I got the gist. But if it didn't come through, everybody, he was basically saying like, "This is." I mean, you. Yeah, boy, I mean, you kind of you kind of repeated yourself. So I think your your point kind of was made. Um, yeah, I think even if you don't like these types of movies, or if you if you're not really into you know crime something movies, something you can appreciate. Yeah, and it's so enthralling. This is a long movie. It's maybe two hours and. But it doesn't feel. It doesn't feel that long. Two hours and like twenty minutes. Yeah, and it it, it flew by. Some of these it doesn't fly by, but this movie it, the time flew by. Um. It, it went by really fast, so I have to say, I definitely was entertained, and I think it's a great movie, so. Alright, well, um, with that said, I'm Connor. And I'm Campbell. And you just wasted the last hour of your life listening to Real Geeks. If you enjoyed this episode of Real Geeks, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Real Real Geeks for the latest news and updates. Also, be sure to leave us a review. What things did you like? What things would you like to see in future episodes? Let us know and we'll be sure to take a look.